Today on Locked On Canadians, it is the triumphant return of 3-Up, three 3-Down. Three there are two Laval Rocket games that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the 3-Up, three 3-Down, three as we said. Who's been a big star in this series and how far can we expect the Laval Rocket to go? All that's coming up on Locked On Canadians. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to episode 621 of Locked On Canadians. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Five days a week, we are covering your Montreal Canadiens. And right now, what's going on with the Montreal Canadiens is that the Laval Rocket are in the playoffs. And that's what we're going to discuss. My name is Laura Saba. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm joined, as always, by Scott Matla, who actually covers the Laval Rocket for Habs Eyes on the Prize. Scott, how are you doing today? I, 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 I... I don't have the words. I got a message from someone in Slack going, out of everyone watching this playoffs right now, I'm happiest for you who went through, let's see, this is going to be year eight of covering the Habs AHL affiliates, and they are one win away from the Eastern Conference Finals with a 3-1 victory over the Amherst tonight and a 6-1 victory over the Amherst on Sunday. I am ecstatic, to put it lightly. The it's been so so much fun watching this team play in the playoffs so far. And the really exciting thing is that you might get to cover them on the road in Rochester as well this week, and we'll keep all of our listeners posted on that. Uh, in the meantime, let's kind of discuss the series as a whole because we recorded before the first game uh, for our yesterday episode, and we decided that we would talk about both uh, today, and then we're going to do three up, three down. For the Laval Rocket, uh, there hasn't been that much Canadians news. And I wonder if it's uh, partly because everybody wanted to go away and relax and, you know, get some time, get their thoughts together, all of that. And partly because the Laval Rocket are literally in the playoffs, like, and this is like historic for them. They've been playing really well. Some of them have been really standing out. There have been a couple of incidents where it hasn't been all that great. Uh, Scott, how optimistic should Canadians fans be at this point about the Laval Rocket? To, to put this in terms right now, I wrote the series preview after the Syracuse series came to an end for the rock for the game against the Amherst, and I had a couple of keys. Stay out of the box, and if you're in the box, make sure your penalty kill is up to snuff because the Amherst power play is very good. You got to get some depth scoring. They The Rocket got a lot of last-minute goals against the Syracuse Crunch to help them get through that series. They were 38 seconds away from being eliminated before Cedric Paquette scored with the net empty. And then Caden Primo, he doesn't have to be a 940 goalie the entire way, but if he continues to play well, they're going to be okay. And through two games, they've gone check, check, and check. Uh, it's We're going to talk about some of the big bright spots in three up and three down, but they're playing as a very well-oiled unit right now. And the one thing I've watched from this series, and this goes – uh, to a lot of people I've had discussions with is that they need more prospects. They need more young guys. They don't need to be playing guys like Alex Belzeal and Xavier Ouellette and this and that. This series is a cautionary tale for that in that the Rochester team is very based off of guys like Jack Quinn, Peyton Krebs, J.J. Paterka, Artur Ruotsalainen. 
the Rocket have held them to two goals, one from Baturka and one from Ruotsalainen. Jack Quinton has not scored in the playoffs, and Peyton Krebs does not have a goal either. And they're just getting suckered into things. I, I watched tonight in that Jack Quinn came unraveled, took a roughing penalty against Alex Belzeal, and allowed the Rocket to kill off more time that eventually led to Lucas Condotta's uh, 3-0 goal to help secure the victory there. It's all about balance, and the Rocket have a team right now that is very well built for this kind of grind here. They had to play 12 forwards and six defensemen. Matias Norlander is out injured because he got cheap-shotted by Ben Holmstrom, who's a 35-year-old nobody that nobody gives a crap about. Uh, and Kandata drew in, and sometimes all you need is that moment to prove that you're worth anything there. And before anyone asks, Emil Heinemann will not be playing. He has returned to Sweden uh, to continue his recovery, so... We were hoping, but unfortunately, it was not the time. It's incredible to watch a team come together like this because they were this close to being eliminated. So, so close to being eliminated. And that that Cedric Paquette goal changed the course of everything. And this is a team that I've been hard on this season, like very hard on at points in this season. And they have come up big time after time in the playoffs. It looked like they were going to get eliminated in Syracuse, and then they didn't. After getting shut out at home 3 nothing, it really looked like that was going to be the end of the line. I'm really impressed with, with what Jean-Francois Houle has done and with what this team has done so far. There's a couple of things that I want to say is that I think it's interesting that you said that you were really hard on the team this season because, to my mind, this Laval Rocket team is not as good as last year's Laval Rocket team that didn't get a chance to play in the playoffs but won the league or whatever the division or whatever it was that they gave them the honorary title for um, because they didn't have a playoffs last year. I think that it's very, very true that this team quality-wise is not as good, but the coach is still getting the most most out of them. And it's a totally different coach, which I find really, really encouraging is that it's not just one guy, right? It's like there's a certain type of system that uh, that Hul has imparted and he is communicating really well with the players as to what he wants from them. And I think it's really, it's, you know, if, if, if you want to kind of compare it to any, any team, you got to think about, for example, last year Montreal was seconds away from being eliminated by Toronto three times and they won, right? Sometimes you just need that one bounce, that one guy to be in the right place at the right time, that one opponent to make a mistake, you know, that one goalie to stand on his head. The thing with Laval is that they've got all of them in this series, right? Like there's always like the guy, like the unfortunate bounce happens and then somebody else steps up, right? Or the goaltending is stellar or, you know, there's a lot of depth to this team that I think is really cool and really interesting. And at the same time, I do think that, you know, we talk a lot about how Laval isn't really being used as a development team just yet or not enough of one. But there are players on this team that are in the Canadian system that are expected down the line to make the Canadian lineup. It's not like a completely lost cause with just a bunch of AHLers. I feel like that's being misrepresented a little bit. There's a lot of guys getting a lot of good experience here, uh, I think. And so what we're going to do is we are going to turn our attention to our three up and three down. And I'm going to have Scott take all the downs because... I don't have it in me to rant about a cheap shot right now. Uh, So (laughs) that's coming up in just one moment. And then after that, we're going to talk about who have been the stars so far for the Laval Rocket Mets in just one moment. But first, remember that Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. If you've listened to this podcast or any Locked On podcast, you'll know that they're one of our favorite sponsors. They are so delicious. They're high in protein, low in sugar, made with real chocolate. They've got amazing flavors. Right now, they've got a birthday cake puff that's out. 
It's so good. And we wouldn't be telling you this if we didn't use them ourselves. I use them as an on-the-go breakfast. Scott takes them on hikes with him. I've started running again, so sometimes I'll use it. And sometimes, you know what? You're hungry, you need a pick-me-up, and you want a treat at the same time. Built Bar is it just because it's so, so high in protein and so low in sugar and always delicious. Not, none of that whey protein, weird flavor, uh, none of that grainy texture that you're used to with protein bars. So if you want to try Built Bar, go to Built.com and enter LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's Built.com and enter LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. All right, Scott, so we've had some question marks. I think, unfortunately, what happened was some, some of the question marks weren't able to be answered, right? Like people were talking about Norlinder and we were talking about his usage kind of being the problem. And now that's a moot point. So as we talk about our three up, three down, as usual, we like to go three down first and then end the, uh, end the episode on a higher note. So let's talk about things we are not happy with. All right, so I'm just going to get this out of the way here for game one. And my two downs are going to Nick Boca and Ben Holmstrom of the Rochester Americans. Obviously, I am from Rochester. I love my hometown team. The crap that happened in the end of the game at, on Sunday at the end of game one is so amateur hour, 1990s knuckle-dragging bullcrap that it has no place. It was so bad that both guys got scratched for the game tonight. Holmstrom somehow avoided a suspension for blindsetting Matthias Norlinder with six seconds left on the clock. And Nick Boca was just trying to fight anybody with a pulse in this game. He was sent to the box at least two to three times for trying to fight Gabriel Bork, Xavier Ouellette. And then at the end of the game, also getting in a tussle as they tried to pull him off of Norlinder after he was hit uh, on the blind side by Holmstrom there. It's ugly, stupid hockey he's in the box trying to tell Willette to take his gloves off and fight him why is the captain of the rocket going to fight you you're a seventh defenseman who can't skate can't play defense can't score and is only out there looking to cause trouble right now your team is losing by multiple goals and I understand you're trying to get a spark you're trying to do this go do something productive right now <laughs> it's 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 dumb. It's really, really friggin' dumb, to be honest with you. And we didn't even mention the score of that game. It was six one. Like was, <laughs> when well, that I know we're gonna talk thrown. about this. In, yeah, I know we're gonna talk about this in the, in the next segment. But like one guy had a million goals. So like, uh, anyway, sorry. It's, when it's, it's a lopsided score. Yeah. You throw out your goons. Like, it's it's just, just don't, it's so stupid. Like, you literally injured a guy who's a promising young player for the Montreal Canadiens. You know what I mean? Like, that was, like, my, I think my biggest uh, down. Who else you got, Scott? I, I'm finding it hard to have downs for anything in this series otherwise because of how good the games have been. The officiating's been a little rough around the edges because my first thought is the minute guys start showing you exactly what they're out there to do, just start dishing tens and sending people to a shower. It's clear what's going <laughs> to happen here. And guess what? It happened. You didn't get control of the game. And some 35-year-old plug who is suspended for using homophobic slurs during this season. It's that a... guy? Yes. It's that guy. Oh. So he suspend he and then avoids suspension despite hitting Matias Norlino in the head. Six seconds left in a 6-1 game. It's stupid. It's it's really, really stupid, and I don't love that. And like I don't have any down on the rocket side of things in this in this 
series so far. As you'll as you'll see in you know our next segment, everyone on this team has been pulling their weight here, and it, it's it's so wild to me that this is a team that was so close to being eliminated. And I guess like I like I don't have anyone on this team. Like Cedric Paquette hasn't maybe been as dominant as we might hope or same with Nate Schnarr, but they're likely playing injured and they're still getting some points in this and everything's working out well. Um, so my other down is actually going to, I'm switching this to the NHL side of things here. Uh, the entire Florida Panthers organization, uh, as they were just swept by the Tampa Bay lightning in four games, they scored three total goals. And if you need to be reminded, they gave up a first round pick, a fourth round pick and Ty Smolanek for, what, 10 playoff games of Ben Chirot and a handful of regular season games. I, I I hope it was worth it because you have no first round picks for the next three years, one second and two thirds. Good luck with all of that. Um, you went all in and it didn't work. And now you are boned, to be quite honest. So the Florida Panthers get my down on this one all the way across the board. So a couple of things that I want to mention now that we're back about the NHL, and then we'll go into our three up in our next segment. Uh, one thing, Tampa Bay Lightning, right? I don't know if they'll three-peat or not, but they certainly are making the most of their experience having gone so far. It's almost astounding to watch them not even play all that well against the Toronto Maple Leafs and beat them, and then now swept team sweep the team that was the number one team in the regular season every time florida came to town not just here everywhere else people would be like this is a juggernaut of a team this is a juggernaut of a team i feel like the word juggernaut however it feels like a kiss of death in the nhl after last year and i can't i I, i'm not i'm not i'm not super sold on the fact that the florida panthers were truly a juggernaut i thought they had a really strong system um and they had a lot of players have a lot of good years but at the end of the day, like, I think before the, the playoffs even started, I would have picked Tampa Bay to, to three-peat. Uh, I'm still hoping, and we're getting a lot of crap for this in the comments, because a lot of our listeners want the Calgary pick to be as high as possible, which I totally understand. And a lot of them are not fans of the Calgary Flames, which I also kind of understand, or they might be cheering for other teams. They might be cheering for McDavid to finally get his cup and all of that. But we're cheering for the Calgary Flames because Tyler Toffoli because they are a team where which which um as a as a concept don't offend us as much as all the other teams in the NHL do um and our friends at the Scorch Tech we love them so that's why we're cheering for Calgary but you're free to cheer for whoever you want listeners you don't have to cheer for Calgary just like we are but we just want Tyler Toffoli you know to be happy Cat Toffoli Dodger Toffoli are you cheering against Dodger Toffoli for real and I look at the, it this way is that the Florida Panthers to kind of cycle, circle back on that had one of the greatest offenses of all times this year. They averaged almost four goals a game and they scored three goals in this entire series. And there are Leaf fans looking at this and going, well, we took Tampa to seven games and Florida couldn't even do that. And it's, it's one. True, this is though. Not, it is. But here's the thing is, do you think that you would have been able to do the same thing to Florida that Tampa Bay is doing right now? I think that given the way Florida played in the first two series, or in their only two series, I truly think that the Leafs would have beat them in a seven game. I, I think so as well, depending on one thing. Ben Chirot. Well, yeah, that, <laughs> yes. But when Florida's offense actually gets cranked up and going, 
it doesn't stop. And we saw against Tampa Bay, Toronto's depth really didn't show the way it needed to. And we've seen what Florida's lineup is. Tampa Bay has this down to a science at this point. Like they are just John Cooper, not being a perennial Jack Adams candidate is almost offensive for how good he's actually gotten that team to play. Uh, I'm very curious to see what the third round looks like for this, whether it be the Rangers or whether it be the Hurricanes, because if it's the Hurricanes, I feel like that's going to be just a chess match. If it's the Rangers, I don't see them beating Tampa en route to Tampa making a third cup appearance here. I don't Ah, believe in the Rangers, unfortunately. I think Igor Shesterkin is incredible. I do not believe in them as a actual like full-scale chance to make this happen. Absolutely. So one other thing that I wanted to say about the uh, playoffs, we kind of talked about it yesterday uh, with Nazim Kadri and the water bottle. And uh, it's turned out that St. Louis fans are directing a lot of racist uh, and and racist epithets and uh, death threats at Nazim Kadri. Um, stop it. I, you know, we had one listener kind of looking at the at the video and seeing something different, seeing that it was a pur- purposeful play by Nazem Kadri. I personally disagree. Uh, I think it wasn't an intentional injury. I truly don't. And, you know, Nazem Kadri's history kind of plays into that perception a lot. But whether or not he did it on purpose, like there's no place for racist threats. I don't think that it's not it's not the same thing and for people to kind of be like oh it doesn't matter oh just get over it all of that kind of stuff like no racism has no place in this game in society at all so stop that you can hate nazim kadri for a whole number of reasons but leave him alone stop threatening to kill him don't be a racist i mean just just hate him the way that we hate people we just kind of like keep it quiet (laughs) we just dislike them uh anyway so that's gonna be uh i guess another one of our downs and in the meantime we've got three ups for the laval rocket and that's coming up in just one moment all right scott i know who's gonna be the main focus of this segment but i feel like there's a lot of candidates for three up so maybe why don't we give ourselves also an honorary mention we can have three ups and an honorary honorary mention how about that all right. So, um, <laughs> oh, man, this is going to be, it's tough. Cause there's, there's so many good picks for this. Uh, I, right now my honorary up for this is going to end up going to, uh, Alex Belzeal right now. He's a guy who's playing a lot of minutes, wearing a lot of different hats. He's power play two, penalty killing. He's eating a lot of tough defensive minutes. He's got seven points through uh, seven playoff games right now, I believe. It's not flashy. It's just effective at what he does. Uh, and he's one of those guys that we, we've we talked before about guys that get you to the playoffs and guys that get you through the playoffs. And he's playing that role really well right now. Uh, he is on my honorary up list as it stands. And I can't disagree with that. I truly cannot. All right. Um, let's do our actual three up then. All right. Uh, these are just going to get increasingly more like obvious, but uh, we're going to start at number three and I'm going to pick Gabriel Bork here. Uh, the guy who got the rocket into the next round of the playoffs with his overtime winner in Syracuse has been nothing short of incredible through two games. Yeah. The points aren't there, but this is a guy on the penalty kill who's blocking multiple shots. He's making smart plays, getting the puck out, drawing penalties, He's doing everything that a person wearing a letter should do for a team here. 
he's picking up the slack for some of those younger guys, a lot like Alex Belzeal is, that maybe aren't producing like we would hope they would right now. And that's not a detriment to them. The playoffs are a different beast. We talked in the first segment about how uh, some of Rochester's young guys can't seem to handle uh, the iridium of the Canadians or the Canadians. I wish the Canadians were in the playoffs. The Rockets uh, veteran presence there. And I think that's Bork is part of that. He's irritating within the rules and he's just playing a huge role there. Depth players are players too, and they're important. And it's why they went out and signed guys like this. And Gabriel Bork is part of that. Uh, he's been arguably their best defensive player in this series, not named Caden Primo, who is a goalie. So uh, I, I find it really hard to not give him his props where they were due. And I feel like with both of those guys, with Belzeal and, and, and with him, when you hear the hockey cliche, you win with guys like that in the playoffs, that's what you mean. Like everything that they're doing is what you're talking about when you throw out that cliche, right? The blocking the shots, the using the body, the sacrificing the body, as it were, that people like to talk about a lot. Um, I think I think part of it is just, you know, you kind of have to not just learn to do that as, as young players, you need people to give you that example. And that's what these guys are doing. They're giving the the players that are going to be the future core of, of the NHL team, a lot, uh, a lot to learn from, draw from, understand, uh, emulate. And I think that that's, that's a really positive thing. All right. I, I have a feeling who your next two people are going to be, but I'm just going to let you say them. All right. So uh, number two uh, goes to Danique Martel, who has been, he Remember when been, I said somebody scored a million goals? That's what I was talking he about. He scored four goals <laughs> in the first game of the series. The first hat trick for a Canadian's AHL team since Corey Locke uh, for the <laughs> Hamilton Bulldogs. And he is the first player to score four goals in an AHL playoff game since Greg Scott did it against Rochester uh, back in 2013. He's been, he was injured late in game five. He took an overtime penalty uh, again that almost gave the crunch the game. And then he set up Gabriel Bork's overtime winner and against Rochester. He has been such a pest that he has players crawling in their skin. He's taking abuse in front of the net for the whistle after the whistle. He's doing everything in his power to get them off their game. And it's working. I clipped a video tonight that he's in the box for a tripping penalty and Jack Quinn is on his way to the box for roughing up Alex Belzeal. And the minute Quinn is with an earshot, Martell is on his feet and he is just giving it to him. And he <laughs> does not stop. He's in the box yelling at him and then he's getting up and he's yelling at him. And you can just see Quinn seething as he's yelling back at him. I don't know if you remember Maxime Lapierre's, you know, crap eating grin that he used to have. Yeah, he's like yapping. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's just like that. It's just like that. He's been a nuisance and he almost didn't play some of the games because just injuries and not being consistent. And he has been just the guy for the Rocket in this series. And I know he's not the only one there. There's been a lot of offense, but. It's he's so good at what he does right now. He's irritating. He's great with the puck. He he's third in the AHL playoffs for shots. Uh, he's got 26 through what is this now? Seven games. 
he's he's not going to be an NHL piece, but at the same time, he's just absolutely perfect for what this team needed right now. I agree. I just he scored four goals in a game, though. You know what you know what happens when that. <laughs> when uh, that happens. The uh, the broadcast has to cut to something else, unfortunately. So um, <laughs> they could not show that on air. <laughs> uh, all right, and now we're gonna get to our. Uh, somebody who's very deservedly getting a lot of praise uh, and kind of grabbing the reins of his own career um, and playing so well that people are chanting his name. Um, And that's Caden Primo. What is there to say? I mean, his play has just been so significantly good that every day you kind of think you're like, all right, he's kind his season wasn't great. There was there were a lot of rough points, especially at the NHL level. Last season wasn't great at the NHL level, but at the AHL level, he has just been dominant in net in such a way that it's given the team confidence, it's given the play the fans confidence, it's given the players confidence. It's 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 literally like I'm watching him and I just feel so much relief at at the fact that he's been able to get his game back. I, I look at his stats right now. I have them pulled up on AHL.com. Uh, in terms of qualified goalies, he's played the second most minutes behind Aaron Dell, who has played three more total games, including ones he did not finish uh, for the Amherst. So out of people who didn't play in that round, Caden Primo then has allowed 10 total goals. He's 5-1-0, one, 165 goals against. 949 save percentage. And it's wild to me that he's not even the top guy in some of those categories, but some of the other players have played two games to have a 101 save percentage, 1.52 amongst qualified goalies. He's been so lights out, and he's the reason they won game two. Uh, Rochester came out real strong in the second period there and late in the game, and Caden Primo was just like, nope. And he locked it down. There was a late goal against, and you know what? He locked it down. Every little thing, every challenge has not phased him in these playoffs so far. There was a, a shorthanded breakaway for Artur Ratzelainen, who has been absolutely lethal for the Amherst. And Primo calmly comes out, cuts down the angle, blockers the puck away, and it goes back the other way. He's making calm and collected plays that I haven't seen him make with regularity before. And this is no um, disparagement to Kevin Poulin, who played great down the stretch. But Caden Primo was given the opportunity in game two against Syracuse and has not given anyone any reason to uh, take that away from him. I'm not saying this is going to be, he's going to be an NHL goalie next year that he can take over for Carey Price as soon as next year. But this is a hugely positive step. He looks like he's having fun. He looks relaxed. And he's showing all the signs of positive goaltender development here. It's not perfect. It's not linear. But this is a really big win for him, regardless of how far they go. It's not going to be because of him that they're going to end up losing. I know goalies always get the blame, but Caden Primo has been so, so good for the Rocket. And I, I can't wait to see him on Wednesday night. I'm very excited. I absolutely agree. And just one note before we end the show, Samuel Montabo was at the game and I thought it was adorable. Um, just cheering on his like sometimes teammates. I don't know. I thought it was great. It was so funny. 
Um, he seems like this is why we keep saying we love Samuel Montalvo. He just he literally just seems like a great dude. That's 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 you know the end of it. Um, and uh, so we're gonna be back tomorrow. Uh, we've got lots of fun stuff planned for you this week, and uh, all of that's coming up. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts and or on YouTube. We would prefer both because we're very excited about the number of subscribers we're having on YouTube now. Uh, you can always uh, email us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. Uh, you can leave comments in the YouTube. Uh, always be nice. You can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. Also follow us at LO underscore Canadians. You'll find us both on Twitter. I'm at The Active Stick. Scott is at Scott Metla. When you were done this podcast, check out Lockdown NHL, where they're covering every aspect of the playoffs from every angle, including power rankings, the biggest stories. You won't go wrong with them. Make them your second listen of the day. Thanks so much for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>